I want you to, I want you to hold that thought. Just that simple thought this morning. I will love you unconditionally. It, it sounds incredibly simple. It, it almost sounds so simple that we'd want to gloss over it. But I want to come back to that this morning as we gather here celebrating Easter Sunday. Those of you that went to school, and uh, hopefully that's most of you, uh, you would have learned laws, laws that govern our world, laws that govern our universe. Uh, you would have learned about the law of gravity. Isaac Newton, apparently, sitting under an apple tree, apparently. An apple fell from the tree, apparently. Hit him on the head, apparently. And he came up with the idea of the law of gravity. What goes up must come down. And there's no breaking this law. You can have things that defy gravity, like airplanes, most of the time. But, uh, you know, things that go up, come down. It's called the law of gravity. Uh, Economics at university. And one of the laws in economics that I learned about is called the law of diminishing marginal returns. Sounds very impressive. Lots of big words. The law of diminishing marginal returns. Well, the easiest way for me to explain this to you, because this law operates in all economies and all factors of economics, the easiest way for me to explain this law to you, because you're subject to it, even if you didn't know that, um, is uh, today marks 18 years to the day, Easter Sunday, when I went for the first ever Easter Sunday lunch with my little Italian girlfriend to her uh, family's house for Easter Sunday lunch 18 years ago, I learned about the law of diminishing marginal returns. The first course of the Easter Sunday lunch gets laid out and it is so good that I lost all touch with reality and just ate like Homer Simpson. And it was fantastic. There was no finish line and I was grateful for every mouthful that I wantonly threw down my pie hole. Course two came out and I kept up the lack of self-control. Course three The law of diminishing marginal returns talks about the fact that the return on our investment, the return on our enjoyment can go up and up and up. But if we keep going, there's a certain point where that behavior will see the curve start to trend downwards. The first bowl of ice cream, good. The 17th bowl of ice cream, not so good. By the time we got to course number six of the Easter Sunday lunch, course six of nine courses, I was done. I did not know that you meant to wear elastic waisted tracksuit pants to Easter Sunday lunch. Nobody told me this. I know this now. And when I finish here today, I shall be going home and putting on my elastic waisted tracksuit pants. No drawstring required. That's the law of diminishing marginal returns. If you're a farmer, you'll know about the law of the harvest. The law of the harvest, or even if you just grow some of your own produce around your, around your house, a little kitchen garden perhaps. The law of the harvest, very simply, is whatever you sow is what you reap. If you sow tomato seeds or tomato plants, you will get tomatoes. This is a law. There's no breaking this law, the law of the harvest. You can try. You can put in tomato seeds and pray and pray, and pray for watermelons. But you won't get watermelons. Not from that seed. Tomato seeds produce tomatoes. Why? Because it's a law. These are all laws. 
the way we say this, it's kind of become a bit of a churchy thing about the law of the harvest is whatever you sow is what you reap. And by the way, that law of the harvest, that doesn't just apply to agriculture. That applies to everything. It applies to how we handle our finances. If you consistently spend more than you earn, you will reap debt. It's simple. It's a law. You can't get around it. With relationships, if you consistently sow uh, gossip and, 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 and lies and, 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 and vengeful uh, actions, you, you will see the relational world around you erode over a period of time. You will reap what you sow. These are laws. They're laws that God set up. Scientists and economists and agriculturalists confirm, and we live subject to those laws, except on one occasion. And it's because of that one occasion that we're here today. There's one occasion where somebody broke, or in fact, not just simply broke, but actually defied one of those laws, the law of the harvest. You see, this video that we just watched of this beautiful girl having received a gift from uh, presumably her dad. She took that gift. She loved that gift. You could see she was celebrating that gift. And I know as she was twirling with the vases, some of you parents of daughters, you knew what was going to happen before it happened. You were thinking, oh, I hope she doesn't break that vase. Well, yes, true to form, she broke that vase. And she felt ashamed. She felt guilty. She felt like her dad was going to come down on her. So she ran and tried to hide from him. Because she thought that she was no longer worthy to be in the presence of her father. She was, thought that he was going to be angry at her. She would have thought that, that, that the second he found out that she'd actually destroyed this gift, that there was going to be some consequences on her. You know, the, 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 the punishment has to fit the crime. But the dad broke that law. See, she sowed destruction, and intentional or otherwise. She sowed destruction. There should have been some sort of punishment, some sort of crime associated with that. But it, that's not how her dad responded. That's not how her dad behaved. He broke the law of the harvest. He actually chose to rise above it. He chose to live by a different set of laws, that particular dad. The reason this whole Easter weekend makes sense is simply because, not just because on a Friday, some guy named Jesus 2,000 years ago was punished and killed on a cross. This whole weekend makes sense. This whole weekend we celebrate every single year because on a Sunday, that same Jesus that hung on a cross and was buried in a grave rose from the grave. Now, that's a pretty neat trick. Dead people don't come back to life. Okay, that's another law. Tweet that. You're dead, you're dead. It's kind of simple. And, 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 and we don't expect anything different. We go to the funeral, we mourn, we eat cake, we go home. And that's just kind of how it is. That's not how it was with Jesus. He broke this law. 
he came back from the dead. But you know what? That's a pretty neat trick, right? I don't expect I'm going to pull that one off. And uh, with all due respect to all of you, I'm not expecting you're going to pull that one off anytime soon. But you know what makes that act of coming back from the dead so remarkable is actually the reason why Jesus did that in the first place. You see, we're the young girl in that video clip. We're the one who instead of living holy, perfect, blameless lives, we we couldn't. None of us could. We think things we shouldn't think. We say things we shouldn't say. We do things we shouldn't do. That's, That's how we are. We're human. We're broken. We're not perfect. We're not holy. And we think, because we know the thoughts we think, We know the actions we do. We know the words we say. We think that we need to go and run and hide, that God maybe is angry at us, that if we happen to come face to face with him, that he's going to give us what we deserve. The law of the harvest is going to play out. What we've sown, we should reap. If we've sown sin and wrong living and things that will keep us separated from God and, 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 and anger him, that there should be some punishment that comes with that. We would think that because that's how the law of the harvest works. But that's not what Easter is all about. Easter is all about a a father who pursued us despite the fact that we've done the wrong thing. Easter is about a God in heaven who so wanted and wants to have a personal relationship with us that while we were running and hiding, he pursued us. He came for us. 2,000 years ago, he came to earth as a man to pursue us, to say to us, I know you've done wrong. I know that, that this, this sin, this, this wrongdoing separates us, but I want to have a relationship with you. So there needs to actually be something that's going to connect us. And that something is this person, Jesus the Son of God, who died on a cross, who died so that you and I wouldn't have to. Because there's nothing we could do to make ourselves worthy, presentable to God. He is holy, and we're not. There's there's no amount of scrubbing up, putting on our Sunday best, polishing our fingernails, doing it. There's no amount of anything we could have done ever that could have restored our relationship with God because we have to live according to the law of the harvest. We've sown sin and destruction and, and, and wrongdoing. We should reap separation from God because he's holy and we're not. But he didn't leave it that way. He sent his son Jesus to die so that we wouldn't have to. He sent his son Jesus to die so that we wouldn't have to live separated from him. We don't have to run because we've broken the vase. We don't have to hide in, 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 a, in a dark alleyway. He came for us. He elevated our face to him. He did that. It's brilliant. He broke the law of the harvest. 
he said to us and says to us, even though you've done wrong and despite the fact that you've done wrong, I love you unconditionally. I love you unconditionally. I got to tell you, that is a hard thing for any of us to get our heads around, right? Unconditionally. Think about somebody you love unconditionally. Meaning, not someone you think you love unconditionally, want to love unconditionally, maybe have told that you love unconditionally. Meaning, someone who's done the wrong thing by you and it didn't change a thing with how you thought and felt about them. Now, that list is getting shorter all of a sudden, right? We like to think that we feel that way about our spouse, those of us that are married. Think that way about our kids, those of us that have kids. Think about that way about our parents. We love them unconditionally. Really? Have they never tipped you even momentarily off your axis because of something they've said and done? It's no shame to admit that these people that we think we love unconditionally, we, we might come close, we might be heading in the right trajectory, but God, he's the one that's the poster boy for what it means to love unconditionally. Because the, there's things we've done that we deserved punishment for. There's things that we've done that we should remain separated from him. And yet he pursued us. He took matters into his own hands. He demonstrated his unconditional love. He sent his son Jesus to die so that we wouldn't have to, so that we could have eternal life, a relationship with him eternally. The thing that's so important to get our heads around is, is that starts now. Eternal life starts now. It's not some kind of place over the, over the horizon that we call heaven, though we have the option of actually going there. But Jesus said, I, I am the resurrection. I'm the life. He said that I've actually come now to give you life. It's a gift he wants to restore like the father wanted to let the, the little girl know nothing about how I feel about you has changed because of what you've done. And that's why we celebrate. That's why even Good Friday is called Good Friday. Why is it good if we're talking about someone being killed? It's good because Jesus died so that you and I wouldn't have to. And so I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never actually turn to face Jesus. He's pursued you. He continues to pursue you. Many of you have turned to face him. Fantastic. I turned to face him when I was 21. Stopped running. I knew I'd done wrong. Stopped running when I was 21 and turned to face him. There he was. He had been pursuing me for 21 years. He's been pursuing you. For every single moment you've been on this planet, even though you've done wrong, because he loves you unconditionally. And he wants you to actually turn to face him. And we want to give you that opportunity right now. It would be just, we, we, we talked about this as team members this morning.
you know, some of you, we, we, we jokingly refer to you as CEOs, which is Christmas and Easter only. You know, I'm tempted to start promoting our Christmas services because that's the next time we'll see you, you know, so we make sure you, you know what to expect when you come. And we're just joking when we say that. We're, we're thrilled that you're here. Maybe some of you have been part of a church in growing up. Maybe some of you have never, ever been part of a church. Whatever your journey is to this point, we're simply saying right now, on this Easter Sunday, stop running. Stop trying to hide. You don't need to. You, you don't have to suffer the consequences of the actions you've done that have offended God. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He loves you unconditionally. We want to give you that opportunity right now just to turn around. I know it's kind of metaphorically speaking, but to turn around, to stop running and to allow him just just to elevate your eyes to his and know that he says to you, I forgive you of all the things you've done wrong. I want to have a relationship with you. I love you unconditionally. So in a moment, those of you that have never actually done that, stopped running and turned to face him. In a moment, I want you just to slip your hand up and say, yeah, that's me, Jesus. I want to actually know your love. I want to know your unconditional love. When I see your hand, you can put it down and then we're going to pray. And we love Easter. We love We're pro-Easter Bunny here at Elevate Church. We're pro-eggs and chocolate. We're pro-hot cross buns. But if that's all we experience today, uh, we just know that that would be something short of what God would have for you. This gift of you accepting his unconditional love. So right now, for those of you that have never actually stopped and turned around, faced him, but you know that you need to and you want to right now, just put your hand up. And you're saying, yeah, that's me, Jesus. I want to actually know and accept your unconditional love this morning here on Easter Sunday. When I see your hand, you can put it down. And then we're going to pray. We don't want to take forever over this, but we don't want to miss this opportunity either. If you've never made this decision to accept Jesus' unconditional love, just quickly slip your hand up. And then you can put it down. And then we're going to pray. I'm going to pray for all of us. Lord, I pray that this is not just another go-around-the-block Easter weekend for any of us. Regardless of our background and what's brought us to be here this morning, God, I pray that this morning is and this weekend is an opportunity and that, that we take the opportunity to open our hearts to let your message of unconditional love go deeper. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.